everybody, and welcome to the Jew and Gentile podcast. Oh, hey, this is going to be a fun episode. Oh, I'm yeah. spilling I'll drinks. Be right back, Chris. Steve is getting a napkin already. Well, welcome, everybody, to the Jew and Gentile podcast. This is going to be a fun one. Steve and I are getting a podcast ready to go. We've got a good one for you. We're going to be talking about FOI Equip. Revelation chapter 14, fast news and everything that's coming up. We've got our Yiddish word of the day. Steve is cleaning up my mess I just made. I realized my microphone wasn't in front of me. Well, let's listen, everybody. Welcome, welcome in. Here we go. All right, Steve. Wow, what a start. <laughs> what a start. The man tips stuff over, but you're probably used to that with the four horses of the apocalypse. Oh, four more dollars. Four more dollars, thank you. Me. You are you just want to spend the money. Uh, me, I, I think, how do I not have to spend money? You're like begging to give money away. Uh, what did you do with the last one? Where did you take them? Well, it's still sitting in the jar for us to go out for ice cream. All right, so maybe I'll give you a super scoop or something. That, they, <laughs> they would love that. Say it a couple more times. Pretty soon they'll get their college paid for uh, well, if you keep no, up with not it. quite that much not quite that much but anyway you spilled the drink i got such a deal on a zero calorie zero it does have flavor has a lot of flavor zero 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 everything except for organic infused what is it strawberry blueberry some this one's a very berry it's got everything very in it. berry yep. there you go it's good but uh as i was getting ready to, to talk to all of you i realized my microphone wasn't set up so i go to grab it with a panic and then i knock my drink over and bada bing bada boom here we go there you go but we brought the paper towels we're in good shape. we're in good shape well welcome everybody uh thanks for being with us uh back for another week uh Steve- i think all seven hung up i can't <laughs> hang up on a podcast they just that's right. It out. Man, these guys are drinking, spilling drinks. I mean, what's going on, you know? Wasting my time. <laughs> well, if you stuck around this far, uh, Steve, did you travel at all this weekend? Were you anywhere? Did uh, you speak anywhere? No. This weekend, I will be traveling. Uh, actually, I'm going to a wedding this week. And Chris, the next week, although we'll do a podcast, I told you about the uh, person who uh, listened to us in the shower. Yeah, he listened to us. He listened to every podcast for each week in the shower. See, when he's not around, I'm spilling drinks and all that. Yeah, kind of he's stuff. he's in heaven now, not worrying about any of that. I'll be doing the memorial service for him and speaking in his home church, Lord willing. Uh, but this week, uh, I have we have stuff to do. We got a big staff conference coming up, and. Uh, I've got an article due for IMG and all kinds of stuff. You got stuff due too. Oh man! And you know what? I just got back. I was in your hometown of Cleveland. I've, you were in LeBron James territory. Uh, that's right. I was in Akron, Ohio, and we had a fantastic prophecy up close conference at Maranatha Bible Church, and it was just a great time. Great church. Great people. Um, who were invested in wanting to learn more about God's prophetic word? We're talking about the temple. That's right. Yeah, the temple. Oh, yeah. I've, Have you? Do, you've done I've one done already. Yeah, mm-hmm. Typerian and myself. We did one. You just did one with Mike. Uh, we have several others planned that you're involved with, and others I know I was, mine was intimidating. See, I, I had Doctor Mike Stollard. You, you did as you my did. as my companion for the PUC. So. The yin and the yang of FOI. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're doing these uh, disc tests right now for all the staff to find out what our personalities are like. And Mike and I are brothers in the Lord, but probably completely opposite of each 100%. other. Hundred percent. But that's good. It's called you complement one another. So. You warmed the audience up. 
You got them excited. They were paying attention because you're all over the place. And then the scholar steps That's up. right, exactly. And now that I have your attention, listen up, and then he delivers. But it's one thing when you're the MC and you do that. It's another thing when you have to get up and speak after the scholar. Then you look like uh, you got bupkis. You got, you know. Well, the people are so... Uh, there's he's talking so high they're concentrating so much oh chris is on we could relax yeah he's like fiber and i'm like sugar you know i'm like one big donut and you he's need like them a, both <laughs> that's you right need them one both. of either one too much of it is not good for you um well listen uh, the jew and gentile podcast is sponsored by foi equip it's your opportunity to learn the bible from a jewish perspective and that's really important because steve the bible's a jewish book you know chris uh, we're talking about equip as the sponsor I uh, I I think I've come to every equipped class um, <coughs> that there is, and I can tell you, I really really appreciate it. How do you do the Holocaust Holocaust Remembrance Day? How do how do you do that in an hour? Yep. I, I thought Ty was masterful in taking two stories, two stories, and allowing the stories not to give them all the information they're ever going to get on the Holocaust, but to get the gist of it. Yep. Because when you think of six million people, six million lives, all upheaval, and the countless others related to them upheaval. And so he took a person that he knew, a survivor, talked about him and his relationship, how they grew into a wonderful friendship for about eight years, and then uh, he passed away. <clears throat> and then he took a person from the Netherlands who was four years old when uh, he, their parents, her parents, hid eight Jewish people for two years. Yeah. Now, that doesn't sound—eight people for two years. But that's in the midst. If you're caught with one, they'll kill you. Yep. They'll kill and well, and they'll notice if you're. I mean, when you're bringing in food for your normal family, and you got to feed eight more people. They neighbors they they and see. neighbors weren't hesitant to turn people in. That's right. They didn't have Sam's Clubs back then when you came with your bulk food like we have today. I mean, everybody went to the market and, and they everybody came home. knew what everybody was doing. Anyway, he, I, I, those of you who didn't get a chance to uh, watch it. Uh, how do they access it, well, Chris? Yeah, I actually, think that's important. I'm, I'm working on it right now to get it up, um, and there'll be notes with it as well that if you've signed up for the class, you'll get notes with it. But um, that will should all be posted within the next day or two. So uh, the, the video's done, but it will be uploaded so that people can watch it okay, and see what— Okay, I just encourage them to do so because it's a way to personalize, uh, and you're going to walk away. I, I walked away from that class— and I, I've taught the Holocaust uh, 15 weeks in a Bible college. But when you hear individual stories, uh, it just makes it—you um, just get a, a better perspective of what it must have been like. A hundred percent. But uh, And that was Ty's—he actually did a class because uh, Israel was honoring its Holocaust Remembrance Day that would give way to Israel's— uh, in Memorial Day. Memorial yeah. Day that would give away to Israel's Independence Day. So they all give away to one another. A beautiful and picture. You got a course coming up. That's right. So because of Israeli independence, 75 years, we're going to take uh, three weeks to look at three different leaders. Who, who are they? I'm, I'm going to be doing Theodore Herzl. Oh, we love Theo. That's right. Uh, David Ben-Gurion. Another guy. We have we have him somewhere. They're all here. back there. That's right. I was going to use them actually. Okay, so there yep. there he is. There's for those. There's Herzl. We have our figurines here that Steve's pulling up. There's Ben Gurion. Now here's the toss up though. I don't know. Should I do? Um, here's here's uh, Ben Gurion. Uh, I don't know if I should do. Uh, 
Chaim Weitzman. Ooh, Chaim. He's a good one. Or Eliezer Ben Yehuda. There's Eliezer right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. See, he's a class. Maybe I can split the class up for the last two because Wait, they're who very. Who is the other one? The so... other one was um, Heim Weitzman. There he is, right in front of you with the bow tie on. You see that? Go to your right. Yeah, yeah, there right you here. go. There he is. That's right. So if you're not, if you're listening and going, what in the world is Steve and Chris doing? Uh, we have little figurines that are are awesome from Alice our... Herzig made that pot. She discovered them That's and right. uh, started us off with our figurines. And uh, I think they email Alice personally and say, <laughs> hey, Alice, we got new ones. And they're always dead people. Yeah. <laughs> you got to wait for them to die before you get a figurine. That's right. So you can't get a BB yet. No. Uh, I don't know if they'll make a BB for the way oh, things are. Oh, they will make a BB. <laughs> that, uh, I hope not for a long, long time. Yeah. But, but they will make a BB. So uh, anyway, that will be my class, Israel's Independence and its Leaders. And you can register for that class May 11th, through eight, uh, May, 11th May 18th, May 25th. It's a three-week course. On Thursday nights, you can register by going to foiequip.org. And then, again, uh, on June 15th, we're going to have a guest lecture series on the Six-Day War. And we have lined up from bar Ilan University in Tel Aviv, uh, Dr. Mordecai Kadar, who will be teaching a one-hour lecture on the Six-Day War. And he is a specialist when it comes to Arabic studies. He's a fluent Arabic speaker and often speaks on Arabic-speaking television um, to kind of defend Israel. Oh, I wouldn't say speaks, Chris. Oh, no. Yeah, that's true. Argues. <laughs> Shouts. Shouts. And he, oh, when he starts going in Hebrew and it's translated at the bottom, but he is going so fast and arms up and down like this. It's fantastic. I, Mordecai Kadar. I saw him in December when I was in Jerusalem. Great guy. And he is excited to be a part of FOI Equip. So if you want to register for that one night event, June 15th, Thursday, uh, foiequip.org. You can register for free, 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 Steve. It's free. I can't. I can't say it enough, people. It's free. Chris, isn't there? A, you know, all the programs that we have in NAM, we have what's called an information meeting. Yep. In, in information, which means there's nothing. All you have to do is come. There, you don't have to put down any money. There's. You don't have to even sign anything. You only come by saying, "Hey, tell me what's going on," and I'd like to see, like a menu. You know. Early on, when I first started to go to Chinese restaurants, they had columns. Column A, column B, column C. You used to say, I'll take one from column A, I'll take one from column D. Well, here you go. You don't order anything. You just hear uh, what the various things that we offered Friends of Israel, and if... You're at all interested. So when is that meeting? Yeah, May 23rd, 8.30 p.m. If you're interested in getting involved in Friends of Israel, and that could be numerous things, taking our training, our online internship program that we have, our training program, Bridges, or signing up to be a part of Encounter, our uh, interactive program here at the Friends of Israel headquarters in the north in uh, the northeast to interact face to face with the Jewish community, or going to Origins on, to Israel with he Origins Hesed. Anything we uh, there's a lot of ways to get involved with Friends of Israel. You can register to find out more by going to foiequip.org. And if you keep scrolling down, you'll find a join one of our get involved interest meeting sections, and you can register right there. That's a really cool thing. One of the things in Encounter, you get to go to Katz's Deli. And Chris, I bought a new item to our podcast room. It is dripping with Jewish stuff. Okay. All kinds of You're Jewish over stuff. here. You're over oh, here in this one. Over here. Yep. It's, it's pastrami on rye, an overstuffed history of the Jewish deli. That's... I haven't even read it yet, but it, it just looks so cool. And that right there. Oh, you got and even a picture. And look what's in there, oh, yeah. Chris. 
For, look at what's in there. Uh, I'm almost he doomed. does not, not tell him what's in there. Well, this is, uh, I guess you're using it as a bookmark, but it's a picture of me when I was probably 20 years old. At playing Karen drums, University. At playing, you know, for a, a band I was in. Oh, that's funny. Uh. <laughs> but I also brought something else in, Chris. Look at this. Yeah, that's some Yiddish right there. Huh? Is that Yiddish? No, no, it's Hebrew. Are you? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I know it's Hebrew, but it looks like Yiddish words there or letters in some way. Oh, well, I, it might be. But I just know, you know, Olive Bet, Gimel, there it is. Yep, hey, you're right. Love. I mean, that's it right there. And of course, if you want to cheat, there it is. Bada bing, bada boom. There it is. There. Um, we have to get a magnet again. All these things, not all of them here, but what I've just brought. Who is responsible? Alice. Alice Herzig, mm -hmm. the German Swedish gal who is getting more Yiddish kite than the Jewish guy. <laughs> that's right. Somebody wrote in Steve on the on the YouTube. Page, I guess they watched us on the YouTube video, and they said, "I think the Gentile looks more Jewish than the Jewish guy." Uh, look at that beard! It's just look a at, hipster beard. Yeah, it's just it's a the hipster, hipster beard. beard. All right, well, listen, everybody, we've got fast news. So, Steve, are you ready uh, for no, fast no, news? No, no, get me. Let me let me get ready, and I gotta. Get I'm gonna me. let you go first, too. Okay. All right. So let's start the music. All right, hold on one second. Bada bing, bada boom. Here we go. All right, Chris, dozen protests after string of violent attacks against LGBTQ plus Israelis. Prime Minister Netanyahu said urging far-right MK to forego ministerial posts to become consul general in New York. Haredi IDF draft plans will lead to breakdown of Israeli society, Lapid warns. He wants everyone in the IDF. That, that's a big issue right now. Um, Israeli, Polish, and German leaders overcome tension to jointly remember Warsaw rebel, uh, uh, rebels. It's the 80th anniversary of the ghetto uprising, and heads of state from these three countries for the first time attend a commemoration service for the fallen. That's a long headline. Israeli professor wanted for arms dealing goes missing before U.S. extradition. Oh, boy. He's out of here. That is bad news. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. IDF reservists protesting overhaul urge activists not to demonstrate on Memorial Day. Steve, that's a, I, I think that's good. They're saying this is not a time for us to demonstrate. It's a time for us to remember those who have fallen. Ukraine slams Israel for hosting Russian Belarusian Sambo athletes. <laughs> They don't like athletics in the course of war. Well, listen, the IDF reservists are protesting the overhaul, but then Lapid, he says to boycott Independence Day torchlighting event to protest judicial overhaul. <laughs> Classic but Israeli. Israel grew up on his songs. Yohatan Geffen dies at 76 years old. Steve, uh, this is an interesting one. In Israel, son of last Iranian Shaw says Iranians absolutely ready for Israel ties. That's really important. The, sh the Shaw, the last Shaw from the 1979 revolution, his son is saying Iran is ready. So Isn't he going to Israel? I, he went to Israel, yes. Yeah. All right, that's that's fast news, everybody. All righty. Okay, so Steve, we are in Revelation chapter 14. I think, our, our, you know, we're, we're ready to move on. We've got uh, the Antichrist. He has moved into the scene. You know, Steve, during the PUC for the temple, I had to cover the Tribulation temple when I was teaching this weekend, and just talking about the fact that you need, in order to, for there to be a temple, a Tribulation temple, there has to be an Antichrist. 
because Daniel gives us an image of this. The Apostle Paul gives us an image of this. Jesus gives us a, a, a vision of the fact that there would be a day when somebody would rise up, put their feet in the temple, and create what's called the abomination of desolation. And in doing so, he would blaspheme God and call himself God. And that has not happened in the, in, in the past. So it must happen in the future, which means there must be a rebuilt temple. You know, it, uh, when we celebrate Hanukkah, you and I have talked about this at the podcast uh, there is a, a, a just an example of how bad it's going to be when uh, you think of uh, back at, during the, the time of Hanukkah, the uh, sacrifice, the pig, sacrificing the pig on the altar in the temple. That was an abomination. This abomination in a holy temple will be the person himself yeah. at wanting worship. But we come to Revelation chapter 14, Chris, and it says, Then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. They sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being first fruits of God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they were without fault before the throne of God. I got to tell you, Chris, the hundred and Finding 144,000 that are Jewish and that will fulfill the tight requirements, that's a tall order for God. Yep, and he's going to prepare a remnant for that moment. You know, I was doing a study on on, uh, the idea of the Jewish people in the New Testament, and the word that keeps coming up over and over again is a remnant, that God, the Apostle Paul talks about it, God is preserving a remnant today, and there'll be a, a remnant preserved in the future, uh, the prophet Elijah dealt with the issue of a remnant, but this is a big remnant, and like you said, that are going to live out a mission that God gave to them, a lot of them, in order to fulfill this future prophecy that will take place. Well, you know, I heard a, a speaker a long time ago say, the darker the night, the more glorious the sunrise. And that certainly concerned the second coming, but when we think of moves between Satan and God and this is a bleak time, the 70th week. This is an awful period of time. But God has it covered, doesn't he? Yep. He has his people in the right place at the right time during what seems to be a lost cause. Humanity, is, it seems, is a lost cause, but there is a remnant. And, you know, I think we can make application. I've had many Christians now, today, during, during this time we live in, who say, What's our world coming to? It's over. Uh, things can't get any worse. I think they are going to get worse. But is it all over? It's not over. God has his place. You know what was exciting? We had chapel this morning, Chris, and it just gladdened my heart. In the midst of a war, Russia and Ukraine, electricity came on in an apartment that's damaged from bombs, and Tetiana was on to report to us. And what a joy it was. She said, I have electricity. Things are horrible here. We're thankful for the electricity. And I'm here to, sell, to say 
thank you to those who have helped us, uh, help me, help other Ukrainians, my people. Uh, we're thankful. We praise the Lord Jesus. She, it, it, here are 144,000, a remnant. They're singing a new song. Yep. <laughs> a it, new song. Yep. In the midst of difficulty, there's Tatiana in the middle of the Ukrainian war. Remember, she was our guest. I think it was our first or second podcast. No, no, it was a little bit later, but it was it, we had her on and it was the day that the war started. That's right. And it wasn't even it wasn't even supposed to happen. We didn't think it would happen that way, but we wanted to have her on to talk about, you know, are, are people worried about the war that could come, blah blah blah, and then all of a sudden that night Russia attacked. It happened. It yeah. happened. And and so having Tetiana there to give us an update is amazing. And having these 144,000 that God selects cuts out they are sanctified, Chris. Yeah. They are set apart by God. It reminds me, too, of, you know, in the in the collective sense, God set apart the Jewish people, believers and unbelievers, as a distinct, unique people for his purpose. And even with all the things that have gone on in Jewish history that have happened, here we are. Uh, I, I often go to a church and say, you know, if you want to prove the Bible— just get yourself a Jew. And I often say, well, here I am. Yep. Uh, I'm here. And it's not because I did anything. The fact that I'm here meant historically decisions were made by my grandparents to come, to flee a country that was in trouble. And here I am, a descendant of them, under the sovereign rule of God, because there's always been a remnant. He set apart a people he sets them apart physically, like the Jewish people. He sets them apart spiritually. You're set apart, Chris, as a Gentile, mm -hmm. called out amongst the Gentiles. I'm set apart as a Jewish man, called and set apart by God, and we form a new body, the church. That's you why we're called the Jew and Gentile this, podcast. You can't make this stuff up, can you? Nope, not at all. And I also want to highlight, this, is a, this section in Revelation chapter 14 is an interlude that takes place between the trumpet judgments that we've talked about earlier on and what's about to become the bold judgments. And we're really moving our way now from the midpoint of the tribulation, the Antichrist is established, and we're moving into the final wrath when God pours his wrath out on earth. That's the idea of the bold judgments. And I think there's some similarities here to when Jesus was crying out in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, he says, if, if it's your will, can you let this cup pass from me? And there's similarities between the bowl and the cup. The that's both Old Testament references to wrath being poured out. And um, and Jesus, of course, instead of being like Adam and saying I'm going to do whatever I want uh, uh, to be like God, uh, being deceived, uh, here Jesus, the new Adam, obeys the Father to the point of death, death on the cross. He says, "Not my will, but yours be done." And so he in, he he takes on God's wrath when he's on the cross. But that means that it's still, that doesn't mean God's wrath is done. No, God's wrath is still coming. And I think that's oftentimes a mistake. Jesus took the wrath for those who would place their faith in him. It's like the blood that was put on the door, uh, a door sides in the lentil uh, of the doors uh, and during Passover. You know, the wrath was still going to come, but you had to place your faith in the fact that God was going to act according to the shedding of the blood that took place. And you put yourself in that house in faith. We're putting ourselves under the the uh, the blood of Christ. We 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 are following Him. We trust Him. We've repented, 
And in doing so, it says in First Th- Thessalonians chapter one, uh, verses nine and ten, that the wrath of God will be delivered. But we've been delivered from that wrath. The, the wrath is coming, but it's the Lamb that delivers us from the wrath to come. And so that's really important because that wrath is still coming down, and the bold judgments are going to be the ultimate form of that wrath being poured out. And isn't it interesting? First of all, you said an interlude. That doesn't mean that in real time during this week that there's a siesta. Uh, it means as we read, as we're reading chronologically, there's an explanation, an interlude before this takes place. But there's consistency in terms of the the wrath that's cranking up that over time is getting worse and worse and worse until the bulls are the ultimate judgments that God pours out. But yet here it's talking about harpists playing the harps. Uh, <laughs> in the midst of judgment. In the midst of judgment. I think this is where a lot of people say, oh, what am I going to do in, in heaven? And they always think of a, a little baby with wings on its back, and they, they're, they're playing harps. But harps is a—it's oh, definitely a Middle Eastern instrument, mm-hmm. and uh, David played the harp. And there is something soothing about it as they anticipate this new song. It was uh, and and in the midst of the judgment, we hear, like Steve said, he heard a new song or a, a song coming out of heaven, like the sound of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. And and it was these harpists playing. I heard what what made sound like harpists playing their harps, and they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures, which means they were worshiping God in the midst of their of the trouble that was going on. Why? Because they're following the Lamb. And they were placing their... Wherever he goes, it says. Yeah. It's almost like the lamb becomes, you know, uh, in the Old Testament, the Shekinah glory of God in the cloud by day and fire by night led the Israelites around. And here the lamb, of course, who was the Shekinah in the Old Testament, is leading the Israelites, 144,000, leading them, and this time they're following. And if you notice, the difference between the Old Testament Israelites and the New Testament ones is that the Old Testament ones grumbled. Ah, this is hard. I can't take this. My feet hurt. I'm hungry. Manna means what's this? I'm with this? them. I'm with them. Yeah. I'm the grumbler. <laughs> and here they are in the midst of, uh, of, of, of tribulation, actual tribulation, the great tribulation, and they're singing a new song following the Lamb. It's, it's an amazing passage to see wherever the Lamb goes. And then uh, and there was it, fo- it says, in their mouth was found no deceit, and they were without fault before the throne of God. You know, that's a picture of what it's going to be like for us as well. Yes. Uh, Grace. Can you ever get enough grace? Uh, God's grace to us is we are sinners in every sense of the word. Uh, And look, these 144,000 are separated, but they too are sinners, and they are following the Lamb. They know where their redemption lies. They understand their call. They have a ministry that they're called to do. You know, not a whole lot different, but certainly different than Paul. Paul was on the road to Damascus. Uh, He thought he was separated. He was as a Pharisee, but God showed him what indeed separation is when he called him out of that uh, and ultimately to be the the, uh, apostle to the Gentiles. You know, it's interesting, too, because it says that they have been redeemed, 144,000 have been redeemed from the earth, which is the idea that, like you said, they've been bought and set apart for a purpose. And it's interesting because when we continue on next week through Revelation chapter 14, it's going to talk about the fact that Babylon 
has fallen. Now, there's a lot of interpretations about Babylon. I tend to think that Babylon represents the world uh, as a whole. It could be an actual location. It could be a resurrect or, re, you know, a revived Babylon. It could be Rome. There's a lot of theories on what it hey, could Chris, be. Hey, Chris, there are a number of books from writers from your seminary on the different views of Babylon. Of different views. The, to me, I think Babylon comes to represent ultimately what John calls the world. And here it's John who's receiving the vision. I think Babylon is the world. It's the world system. It's the greed. It's the lust. It's the pride. All of those things that are incorporated globally. And Babylon is the centerpiece of it, just like uh, you could name any major city uh, that might be the representation for, you know, New York City is uh, got a, a has a, a a sense to it that's the world or Las Vegas is called the sin city you know Paris Rome all of all, it all of all those cities have been identified but the idea is that Jesus redeems us from those things and sets us apart from the world uh, and that's exactly what John talked about in his gospel when it comes to Jesus and our salvation and I think it's exactly what he's talking about for the future as well Babylon the world will fall. And that's why Jesus says, my kingdom, I always think this is funny, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. And I think a lot of times people go, oh, that means Jesus's kingdom is some spiritual kingdom from far, far away that we're going to float off to one day. It has nothing to do with earth. When in reality, that doesn't mean Jesus doesn't want to bring his kingdom down to earth. It just means simply that the world system that's functioning right now, the Babylon of today even, uh, is going to fall and this is not the kingdom that Jesus is going to bring. It will be a new kingdom. Thank God, Chris, this is not the kingdom. <laughs> That's all I could say. That's Thank really God. important to understand, I think, I, especially I always, the way we interpret the Bible. I remind myself that as an unsaved Jewish young man going to Hebrew school, we were told about the kingdom. The, the, the Mashiach will come and make things right. Yep. And uh, when I became a believer and found out that there's people who think this is the world God made right. This we, we're in a kingdom. I, I, it just it's so it was so hard until us. I for the first time had explained to me. No, no, we're we're redeemed. You're a new creature, but we're awaiting the restoration of planet Earth, where the King will be on the Earth, ruling and reigning. And it coincided exactly with the idea I had of a of a king, a, yep. a king and a kingdom, a Mashiach and a kingdom. And uh, what a day that will be. Well, uh, Steve, I think we'll save Revelation chapter— We'll start in verse 6 next week. Can you remember that? We might have I to... will remember. We, if, you're, if you've made it this far into the podcast, we might need your help to know where we left off last week. Yeah, we, we kind of mess up. But, you know, we're going to go to news, uh, Chris, and I want to confess to our people. I found a news item. I told Chris, Chris, I found this thing. I even— Interviewed a, a person from France. It's on anti-Semitism, and it was on Meet the Press, and I watched it. And oh man, Chris, this is anti-Semitism and all that. So he said, "Oh, Steve, tell me where is it so I could put it in the in the notes." And so I'm looking it up, and he said, "Uh, that was in 2021. <laughs> no, 2022. Oh, 2022. It was the wrong one. But you thought it because Netanyahu was just on Meet the Press this week. So weekend. I think we should talk about both of them. Yeah, one is a little older than the other. I'll talk about the one I saw, and then you talk about the one that you that you're putting the notes in. And that is this: uh, back in 2022, um, on Meet the Press, 
uh, Benjamin Netanyahu was the guest, and they were talking about anti-Semitism. And it's alarming, Chris. We've talked about it before, but seeing the statistics, this was a 2022 uh, Meet the Press. Germany, anti-Semitism. These are violent acts against Jewish people, up 29%. This is last year. Mm -hmm. uh, UK, up 34%. Canada, up 54%. France, up 74%. And so I, I, I talked to a, a, a couple that we know in France, you and I, Chris, and I told her and him about the statistic that I heard, and they didn't even bat an eye. They're lovers of the Jewish people in Israel, and they said almost all the new immigrants that come into France are natural enemies to the Jewish people. They said this 74% will go up. Mm -hmm. well, that's, a, that's a very interesting thing. And in 2015, this, the same uh, video that I was watching, Meet the Press from 2022, said this, 2015, 942 uh, anti-Semitic events, violent. 2016, up to 1267. 2017, 1986. 2018, 1879. 2019, 2107. 2020, 2026, and then in 2021, 2,717. That's in the USA. Chris, we had a, a podcast where you announced that the anti-Semitism in the United States was the largest of all hate crimes in the country. It's true. And there's only about 1.5% of the population is Jewish. Yep. And it was the largest hate crimes category. And that's never talked about. Never, you know, with all of the issues of racism that we deal with, that we, you know, that uh, get uh, uh, publicized in our country, with all of the, the, you know, that's all I seem to, I only ever feel like we're talking about issues of race anymore in the public space, and uh, which is important. I, I don't want racism, but it's funny because you never hear them talk about anti-Semitism, even though it is the number one hate crime uh, in America right now. And so, and in the U, it seems like in Canada, in the UK, in Europe, it's all on the rise, uh, even though that it was news from last year. Well, even, okay, so I blew it, Chris. Here I thought, oh, I'm watching this thing. I'm taking it fresh in, and it's 2022. But the interview that uh, was on Meet the Press wasn't this 2022 event because the number one issue with BB, of course, was the protesting going on in Israel. You were there when that protesting was going on. It's still going on. And the questions came to Bibi uh, about uh, how he's handling that and is it right and all that. Oh, so and I'll tell you, us in a little. Well, the meet the press, um, I actually think it was kind of hard on Netanyahu. I think it, the, the, uh, uh, the journalists who were, who were uh, questioning him came at him very hard on the issue of, you know, your polling numbers are down. You're, you've got protests going on, and uh, you know uh, clearly you're in pretty much you're in the wrong here. And uh, instead of asking honest questions, it seemed like it was just an indictment against Netanyahu. And you know I think Netanyahu I, the the thing I keep getting from Israelis is that they do want judicial reform. It, you know those people protesting are not technically protesting judicial reform, and uh, but what they are protesting is that they don't want this government doing it. 
you know, they don't feel as though they can trust Netanyahu because he's under indictment. So they're saying, hey, look at this guy over here. He's under indictment and he's changing the very judicial system that will indict him So uh, or convict him. So they're weary of that. But I've sat right next to a very, very liberal uh, Israeli who is a incredibly dear friend of mine just a few weeks ago in Jerusalem. And she was telling me, oh, I want judicial reform. I just don't want him doing it. And so, again, I don't think Netanyahu is tackling the wrong issue. Uh, it's an issue that the people have talked about for a long time. And the judiciary has always been uh, very— It's been self-perpetuating. It's, it's lawyers picking other lawyers. It's, Judge, nar- it's narcissists, or what is it? The nepotism. It, yep. Chuck Todd, look. Chuck Todd, Chuck, that's his name. Chuck Todd is—look, uh, there's always a battle. A conservative will always say— of MSNBC, of NBC, of CNN, the argument is, ah, oh, they're all liberal. The the media, the liberal media. Uh, Chuck Todd, I've heard him address it, say people accuse us that we're objective. We we simply want the truth. And it look, it's how you interview somebody. Do you have an agenda? Chris, you and I have an agenda. Uh, I'm, I'm free to tell you our agenda is we love Jesus Christ and we want Jesus Christ glorified. So, uh, that, so that doesn't mean that uh, we're not trying to be objective, but you're limited if you have a bias. We have a bias. I think there's people in the media who are either prone to a bias against Israel or prone to a bias to get higher ratings. Almost all media are falling into that category. So he was confronted, wasn't he? A hundred percent. I'd encourage people to watch it to see but I thought Netanyahu handled himself very well. And, you know, I'm not necessarily... I, I know a lot of people love Netanyahu. They love him. I think he's a, a, a... He's a politician. He's a politician. I think he does a fantastic job. I think Americans love him. I think a lot of Israelis like like him. They voted for him. I mean, he won the election. I can't say that they like him now with what's going on. But um, anyway, I there's a lot that he's got to work through. He's got an interesting government. It's a very religious government. And uh, but I think he's trying to make the change that Israelis have been complaining about. It's this isn't out of the left field. This is an issue they've been talking about for a long time. And I thought I thought it's good that Chuck. It's good that Meet the Press more than once. It tells me oh they had him on in 2022, and they had him on in 2023. And at least they give him a chance to communicate and let his message be heard. And I appreciate that. Now, the the thing I will say is that, because uh, this will lead to our next story here, uh, is that the Biden administration said, we will not have, and I don't know if this has been corrected, but I don't think it has been, but they said, we will not have uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu in the White House because of these judicial reforms, which is just funny to me, because the judicial reforms, it, this has to be known, is going to put the hand, the, it's going to put the judiciary, the Supreme Court, uh, uh, when it, when they go to fill vacancies, it puts it in the hands of the electorate to make the decisions, not some lawyer or some committee. They want the govern the government, which is the elected body of people, to be making those choices. It's not like it's Netanyahu picking the ju- the the Supreme Court justices. It would be whatever government is in power when there's which a vacancy. Which is exactly the way it is for us. It's ex- That's exactly—all he has to do is go up and say, do you like the way you choose your Supreme Court justices? That's what I want for our people. It's a, it's more democratic, in my opinion. But what's happening is—so it's, it's funny, because when Biden goes, oh, I, I don't like the way they're doing this, I'm not even inviting him to the White House. Well, guess what? 
you know, that's not good for relationships between U.S. So, and so Israel. So you know who is going to Israel, who was invited? Well, that's what's G- next. G- Go on, you take no, it. No, 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 no. no, you, no I, I, I teach you up. I no, teach you up. Go ahead. Do All right. It. Well, I, was, I have it here, but I was just going to say uh, McCarthy, uh, Speaker McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, will be the first U.S. House Speaker to address the Knesset, Israel's parliament, in 25 years since Newt Gingrich in 1998. Yeah, Newt was the first one. And Kevin McCarthy's making it his first international trip you know, to go to Israel. What is that telling you? You just said, Chris, President Biden, he's the president of the United States. He he is the one in charge of the security and the well-being of all of us as American citizens. He has made the statement, you know what? Saw you, don't want you. Yeah. The head of the Congress is saying, you know what? I don't go to a lot of places, but the first place I'm traveling, Israel. That's right. It's just, and one's a Democrat, one's a Republican. I think it is fair to say, objectively, that over the last uh, 20 years or so, it seems that the Republicans are are more in love, uh, love's the wrong, more supportive of Israel and the Jewish people than the Democratic side. Now, that's a uh, that's my opinion. Well, do you think that the Republican love has gotten deeper, or do you think it's stayed the same? Because I, I re- think it's gotten deeper. Oh, really? Because, see, I feel like it's gotten same, and I got, uh, stayed the same, because uh, I've gone to Washington a lot and been a part of, been a part of bipartisan uh, congressional meetings when it comes to Israel, and there would always be Democrats, and there would always be Republicans that showed support and believed Israel was, the relationship should be valued. Uh, I feel like lately with the squad and with, you know, uh, a, a more progressive Democratic Party, I think the Democrats are changing their policy on Israel. Chris, back when the Democratic convention ran for a then Hillary Clinton, she wasn't nominated yet, and they had passed a resolution, the Democratic Party on for their platform had, pa- had asked for a vote, an oral vote. I was watching it. And they they said, do we have a consent? All in, a, all in favor. There was hardly... Of what? All in favor all of All in favor of the positive platform for Israel. Oh. Say, say aye. And you heard some. All opposed. It beat it. The <laughs> no. And the guy said, passed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, passed. The, that, he passed it as though you could hear the difference. Yeah. You... Yes, the Democratic Party. I, I, I would. I think I would correct myself. You're saying that the Democratic support for Israel, at percentage-wise, the support is still there, but it has gone down. Whereas the Republicans have been steady, steady. which then looks to me as though it's gone up. Yeah. But in in fact, from your point of view, the Democratic support for Israel has gone down. Uh, I did watch, for instance, the uh, Republican. It wasn't the judiciary. It was uh, they were uh, Jim Jordan was convening against crime, and they met in New York. Oh yes, and they had an Orthodox Jewish man, Yamaka. The whole thing. His son was beaten to a pulp, and uh, the Democratic side, which had at least one Jewish man, and he uh, Nadler. Yeah. I saw him on the video, and he gave a speech saying, "This is a charade. This is a this is a publicity stunt. Uh, this is what the Republicans do." And they asked this Jewish 
man whose son was be- do you do you think you're being used as a pawn no i'm not i i want justice for my son they let him go mm. they the people who beat him up were let go and it happens all the time and so it's it's weird even this isn't news we've talked about it even jewish people here in this country or israelis could be anti jewish mm-hmm. it's possible yeah uh, we talk about Zionists and anti-Zionists. There's Jewish people who tell you, yeah, I'm Jewish. I'm a proud Jewish person, but I'm not a Zionist. Yep. And I think those things are—and by the way, they have a right to be that way. But we look at it, you and I look at it and say, man, there's only one country out there. There's, there's one small amount of people. They're getting picked on, and we should support. You know, there were so many uh, Democratic uh, congressional members and senators— that came especially from the area of New York that were replaced by these progressives that, you know, and they were once these staunch uh, supporters of Israel. And now they've been replaced and they were they were um, mainstays in 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 the in the uh, in Washington. And then they got replaced and beaten by these progressives. And then all of a sudden you have a the, the, the tables turn and it's not just uh, we're, we're we're neutral about Israel. It's that they actually believe we should be lowering the amount of money that we give to Israel and security. They believe that we should be punishing them for the way uh, uh, that they've been handling the West Bank. All of these things. Um, uh, it, so the tables have turned. I just think it's a different conversation. What, what's McCarthy going to say? What do you think he's going to—does the article tell us that? I don't think it says—he's basically going over there to support uh, the 75th anniversary of Israel's statehood. And a very good thing to do. Yep, very and he said thing. amid B- uh, Biden row, McCarthy plans uh, to, to meet with, um, with uh, Netanyahu, I believe, as well. All so. right, Chris. We have our last segment, everybody. Here we go. Oh, you sound so excited. Well, I'm sorry. I was just, I was jumping from this to this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We got our... Yeah, yeah, Steve. Our, what's the last thing? What's our last thing? Chris? Our last thing is the new song. Singing the new song. There's 144,000 who are... singing a new song. That's so, right. So if they were Yiddish, if they were Jewish and they were speaking Yiddish, they would say they're zinging... A new song. They're zinging a new zingin'. song. Zingin'. Z-I-N-G-E-N. Zing. So zingin'. That is why, actually, I'm going to turn this down, our Yiddish word music, uh, Yiddish word of the day music, and I'm going to bring up a song that Steve introduced me to called My, My Yiddish Mama. <laughs> it's got a little of Italian. Mama. <laughs> My Yiddish Mama. I'm going to play a little bit of it so you can hear some zingin' Yiddish music. Some zingin'. All right, here we go. Already I'm crying. <laughs> Is this what your mom would sing to you as she would put you to bed? <laughs> no, You're my Yiddish mama. My Yiddish mama. What are you going to do? You got to love it. <laughs> Wait till you hear them. Listen to that clarinet. It's got a little bit of a, a Hebrew or Israeli. We don't pol- sing so much as we talk it through. <laughs> Is she complaining or is she happy? No, he's just saying what a great person she is. Oh, that's good. Yeah. She is a great person. That's right. Well, this is Yiddish Mama. My Yiddish Mama. You can go to YouTube if you want to, and you can find My Yiddish Mama 
uh, sung in Yiddish and uh, by Regine Zeigelberg. Does she give the translation of any of the verses? Oh, that's a good question. We could. Oh, and all. Oh, here we go. The Jewish mother makes the world sweet. There you go. A Jewish mother. How bitter life is when she's uh, not there. You should only know. <laughs> You must thank God that she is still with you. Amen and hallelujah. <laughs> How sad to be when she passes away too soon. She would run through fire and water for the sake of her child. It is the worst of sins not holding her precious. I think a mom wrote this. Happy and rich is the man who has got this beautiful gift from God still uh, to, to have still an old Jewish mother Mother, mother of mine. What a deal. And of course, God's blessed me with a 99-year-old Yiddish mama. I feel like that was written for Blanche. It was right written there. for Blanche. I hope Blanche tunes in right now for Yiddish mama. All right, everybody. Zingin'. All right. Zingin'. Zingin'. Zingin' the song. Zingin' a new song. That's right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being a part of the Jew and Gentile podcast. Hey, uh, be sure to go to foiequip.org. Sign up for my class coming up on Israel's leaders and independence. Uh, we've got a picture of me here from when I was 20 years old. We're not going to show anybody that. Uh, we've got a lot of great stuff coming up. Be sure to register also for our interest meeting on May 23rd. You can find all this information at foiequip.org. Uh, hey, thanks so much for being with us, and we'll see you next week.